Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. I want to start here, though. Ecclesiastes 1.9. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. We are certainly in interesting times with this election. And unique in different ways, but there's nothing new under the sun. We think that this election is so bad, so angry. Saw, I think Huffington Post the other day compared this election to 1968. Glenn Beck, Glenn the other day, was I think comparing it to 1960. I saw some headline of such. I want to go further back in time than that. I want to go back to a time when the sitting president, or I should say the challenger, was, was running against a sitting president. And the sitting president called the challenger a murderer, accused his wife of adultery and bigamy, and said that the challenger was a cannibal. That's right. Eats human beings would be the accusation from the sitting president to the challenger. I'll, I'll tell you exactly what the accusation is. The accusation was that the challenger to the presidency cha- uh, killed 1,000 unarmed Indians, spent the night sleeping amongst their corpses, and ate a dozen of them for breakfast. That's all. <laughs> no big deal. Here's actually what uh, what one congressman said against uh, the challenger. Uh, all generals in former times, having shown their feelings of humanity, retired immediately at the end of the battle. And they went some 10 or 15 miles from the scene of blood and carnage as fast as their legs could carry them. But the day after this affair, the bloodthirsty Jackson began ag- again to show his cannibal propensities by ordering his men to dress a dozen of these Indian bodies for breakfast, which he devoured. And not content with committing this shocking and unnatural outrage on humanity, he attempted to compel all the officers and soldiers under his command to make a breakfast of the same kind, alleging that it was better than camp beef. So not only did Andrew Jackson eat the Indians that he killed the next morning, but he tried to force all the men under him to become cannibals as well. These are the attacks on Andrew Jackson. Now, Andrew Jackson called the sitting president a pimp. And he claimed that John Quincy Adams sent American virgins to the Russian czar in exchange for political favors. Okay, so you, you, you got these accusations. You got what the sitting president saying about the challenger, challenger against the president. We're good. What's the worst that's come out of this campaign so far? Bad spray tan? Little hands? I mean, like, <laughs> it's, I don't know. I guess it's, it's always been. But, and I, I guess I'm only having this reaction because 
I'm watching MSNBC from time to time, and I just see Chris Matthews clutching his pearls like, oh, oh, the rhetoric, the rhetoric. It's like, come on. <laughs> Give me a break. Now, I want to stick on this election for a second because it's more than just the, the attacks back and forth. Andrew Saunders wrote a, uh, a great piece the other day about Andrew Jackson. If I can read the opening paragraph, he said, America has never seen a presidential candidate like this before. Detractors point to his lack of political experience, his poor grasp of policy, his alleged autocratic leanings, and his shady past. They believe that this man, without much of a political platform, but with interesting hair, has neither the qualifications nor the temperament to be president. Yet, in defiance of conventional wisdom, he is leading his three main rivals in the race for the White House, and the party bigwigs are at a loss how to respond. No, it's not Donald Trump. His name is Andrew Jackson, and the year is 1824. Here's the deal. I'll give you the short of, uh, of this election history. Fascinating election. 1824, you had John Quincy Adams, William Crawford, and Henry Clay. These were the three insiders. Quincy Adams was, of course, the son of John and Abigail Adams. And I want to talk about more of his resume coming up. But son of a president. Not too dissimilar from Jeb. Right? So you had the son of a president running. Crawford was a senator from Georgia. Henry Clay was a congressman from Kentucky. Right? So two guys who in legislative positions. Not too dissimilar from Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. So you got those three guys. Then you got the fourth guy, Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson was the outsider. He was a war hero. Battle of New Orleans was his big, big, uh, what made him uh, so famous. Actually, he was the only person, Andrew Jackson was the only president to serve in the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812. And his leadership on the battlefield, unprecedented. He was in command of uh, mostly completely inexperienced volunteers, free blacks, a bunch of backwood hicks from Kentucky and Tennessee, and he threw in a few pirates just for fun, right? So, so you get some rednecks, free blacks, and pirates. And with these groups of people, he was able to defeat the British army at the Battle of New Orleans, and they outnumbered the British outnumbered Andrew Jackson's team uh, three to one. Beat the British, came back an absolute hero. He had no political experience, but the people loved him. He was a celebrity. So he got the. The stage. I think the stage in 1824 is pretty similar to the stage today. In the sense that you got three insiders, you got one guy who's never held political office, but he's a bit of a celebrity. Not done. The election. The general election. So, uh, you know, we're, so I'm moving from primary to the general election. So the general election, after everyone voted, Andrew Jackson was in first place. He had 99 electoral college votes. Adams had 84 Crawford had 41 and Clay was in fourth place with 37, right? So Andrew Jackson was in first. John Quincy Adams was in second. This is after the American people voted. The thing is, though, he didn't have a majority. Andrew Jackson did not win a majority of the Electoral College votes, which means, according to the Constitution, the House of Representatives decides who the next president's going to be. That's in the Constitution. If there's no Electoral College majority, the House of Representatives decides. The Speaker of the House, the Leader of the House, was Henry Clay. 
the candidate who was in fourth place. <laughs> All right. So that would be like today. If uh, who's the who's the speaker of the house right now? Uh, what's his name? Paul Ryan. That'd be like if Paul Ryan was a candidate, and he got fourth place, and he was and he was the head of the house. So it goes to his house to decide who the next president's going to be. So you know what he did? He got everyone in the house to throw their support behind second place John Quincy Adams, and in exchange, John Quincy Adams named him Secretary of State. So even though Andrew Jackson had the most electoral college votes, the House gave the presidency to Quincy Adams. The Jackson, and that, and that very similar to kind of what they're thinking about today with the brokered convention, right? Trump will have the most, probably will have the most going into it, but they're like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> and they're going to figure out something else to maybe give it to someone else other than Trump. They did that in 1824, except it was for the presidency, not for the nomination. And the Jackson supporters flipped out. They called it the corrupt bargain. And the Jackson supporters rallied together like never before. And a bunch of other people who were on the fence before and even some other people's supporters ran to Jackson because they thought he got such a raw deal. So a lot of people were sympathetic to Jackson because it was like the presidency was snatched from him in this corrupt bargain. This group of people became known as the Democratic Party. So John Quincy Adams became president, but he only served one term because the entire time he couldn't get anything done because he was deemed illegitimate. He didn't deserve to win it in the first place. That was 1824, which brings us to 1828. Four years later, Quincy Adams running for a re-election, and that's when he was called a pimp, sending American virgins to the Russian czar. That's when Adams called Jackson a cannibal and a murderer. They distributed these things called coffin handbills. They were these flyers that uh, Quincy Adams' team would hand around. Coffin handbills. And on the top, it said, accounts of some of the bloody deeds of General Jackson. And it had six coffins along the top. And these were the six men that Jackson executed during what was known as the Creek War of 1814. So here are the men, the Americans, that Jackson executed. And then the bottom of the flyer was a picture of Jackson stabbing a man in the streets in Nashville. (laughs) Oh, the violent Andrew Jackson. There's nothing new under the sun. Jackson won that election. Crazy, isn't it? You know, today we complain about the violence at rallies. I, mean, I don't know. They, they called Jackson a murderer, and they sent out flyers with coffins representing all the people he murdered. But here's the attack that backfired. On Adams. John Quincy Adams called Andrew Jackson's wife. This is the election of 1828 now. So Quincy Adams has already served his first term, running for re-election. Adams called Jackson's wife the American Jezebel. So Jezebel is the worst in the Bible. She's the worst woman in the Bible. The Bible! She's the epitome of evil. Um... She got her husband, who's the king, to stop worshiping God and instead worship the devil. And in the end, she was thrown out of a window and eaten by stray dogs. But anyway, like that's back in the day when people read the Bible, that is a, that's the worst insult you could ever give someone. 
They called her American Jezebel. They called her a bigamist and an adulterer. Why? Here's why it backfired. Andrew Jackson's wife divorced her husband to marry Jackson. Okay, so she divorced her husband and then married Andrew Jackson a year later. A year or two after that, they found out that her divorce was never officially finalized. Right? It was never legally finalized. So technically, she was married to two people at once. Right? She was still married to her her ex-husband and to Andrew Jackson because her divorce wasn't legally finalized. So Adam's team jumped on that and called her an an adulterer. And it backfired big time because the people said, come on, give me a, a, come on, Jackson, that's low blow, low blow. Common sense says that she divorced her ex-husband to marry Jack. She's not really a bigamist. And it was really the first time in, in, in the American history in this campaigns when the American people said, whoa, 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 you went too far attacking the family. Right, they said, yeah, Jackson may be a backwoods hick, but he was all, he's also a war hero. He's also a general, so slow your roll, Adams. So this is all going down just like today, right? The more that the elite would bring up their problems with Jackson, the more people would love him, just like Trump. So, Quince, so um, Andrew Jackson uh, embraced this all, right? He uh, distributed, as for his campaign, he distributed flasks and snuff boxes for tobacco and matchboxes and medallions, right? And it all represented his, his backwoods, Tennessee heritage, alcohol, tobacco, war, and really embraced that compared to Sam, uh, uh, John Quincy Adams' elitism. That's the same thing Trump is doing right now. But again, the greatest comparison, and we'll see if this unfolds the exact same way, but after the elect, the uh, on voting day, after the Electoral College, Quincy Adams was in second, but he ended up winning through a corrupt bargain. And we'll see if uh, the, the uh, establishment wants to do the same thing with Trump here and what the result of that is going to be. Again, Andrew Jackson, at the end of 1824, uh, formed the Dem- Democratic Party. So who knows what's going to come out of this? The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. 